and welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the second episode in the mini series, Station Eleven, A Hawk from a Handsaw, written by Patrick Somerville, directed by Jeremy Padaswa. I gave this episode an 8.9 out of 10. I think more series should be these shorter type of mini adaptations because you, it gives you a beginning, middle, and end. And you at least give the audience a story versus trying to make it on these television shows nowadays out there on the network where they can cut the cord at any point in time for whatever fucking reason. It's why I'm more likely to check out a miniseries than uh, a new television show debuting. But before we get into the recap, uh do me a favor like share subscribe my social media will be below you can send feedback to blackocouch at gmail.com if you have time run over to itunes rate the podcast drop some stars very much appreciate it now let's get into the recap year two Kristen wakes alone hands a little bloody clutching the comic or the graphic novel station 11 she approaches Sarah, who turns out to be a friendly musician or conductor who has heard of one Arthur Leander, whom Kristen admits to studying under as a Shakespearean actor. She men- mentions to Sarah that when she fixes the ship, she'll say goodbye to Arthur and Jeevan and her little brother and Frank. Sarah immediately realizes she's been out here by herself for a while, but she replies, Dr. Eleven can't fill time, indicating that she has mentally escaped into the graphic novel. Despite the director not liking children, she invites Kristen into the traveling symphony. Year 20, Kristen rides a horse through the camp of her adoptive family, readying for a performance of Hamlet when Dan who has located them for the fifth time uh wants to audition once again theater allows him to do something not shakespearean for his audition and it took me a moment to realize I was hearing Bill Pullman's speech from Independence Day. (laughs) He gets everyone riled up and he ends up passing this audition. The Traveling Symphony is very well liked. They are greeted once once their caravan goes through town. I would think it's appreciated, you know, to have people of talent lifting your spirits. Those are going to be people that are highly received and thus they are gifted some treats but sarah is caught up in her her symphony to really pay any of this too much mind kristen and alex go for a prop run where jeevan is mentioned again as the woods remind her of him sidebar if you do hear a little bit of stomping i'm going to try to get it out in editing but if i wait to record based on how ratchet these neighbors are not going to be i'll be not recording so uh she explains to her the concept of uber on a phone and even never knowing what a 
what phone's full potential is this girl wants one another flashback shows Kristen trying to contact her parents via text and via calling the news reports 10,000 deaths and a 99% kill rate Frank just watched an airliner go down and replied oh this will be over in just a few days the two have a little bit of an argument in Hindu before Jeevan encourages her to sleep in the spare bedroom because she's still frantically texting her parents she tells them that she's with the family Kristen in the present goes swimming with Saeed and Alex it's a nice water slide they mention a cabin she says it's the same as always and there is no sign of him they are close to Chicago I will say the flashbacks the quick ones were a little disorienting but she has another one where Jeevan and her are heading towards the lake which we saw in the last episode Jeevan then asking Frank if it was okay to open the door and her screaming Jeevan's name when Alex goes missing she finds her with strangers and immediately goes into mama bear protective mode real quick with that big ass knife though david claims they are just fans don't make me kill you however the entire time his quote-unquote son is enjoying himself david tries to elicit sympathy by saying he's a single father his wife died it's hard raising him maybe we should have died and the entire time Kristen wasn't having it why the fuck you lying why you always lying Alex does not have that same street smarts he asks Kristen about her tattoos and she tells him that's how many people I've killed he then quotes from her beloved graphic novel and her radar is heightened urge to kill rising I think he really underestimated how serious she was. <laughs> she got that calm, docile look on her face like, I'm gonna let you keep talking. Yeah, I'm gonna let you keep talking. I'm watching you, motherfucker. She then recalls Frank and Jeevan telling her to run and lock the door while inside his apartment. I appreciate the show not shying away at all from the black actor's disabilities young Kristen asked Jeevan what would he have done if he had knew the flu was coming he says I would have returned earlier to LA Kristen wanted to say goodbye to Arthur or anyone for that matter Kristen gets news that the preggers woman in the present whose name I, I still don't know uh is gonna be staying with Karen and Jeremy to settle down she's going into labor Kristen doesn't take it very well thinking she was pressured but she tells her it's her decision despite Kristen thinking it's selfish but she also has never been separated from her before and it turns out she had a sexual relationship with this woman and her husband (laughs) her boyfriend or baby daddy 
it's curtains up the role of gertrude has been given to dan it's his first performance he's freaking out uh but christine gives him a prep talk from arthur they gave her the same type of lesson i want to know who's gil it's like we don't talk about that the group began the performance of hamlet young Kristen receives texts that both her parents are dead and after three days of no eating jeevan decides to talk with her where she destroys her room before opening the door and showing him that they said you're you know the recipient of this phone their body is at the morgue do not come we see she uses this pain and her past within her performance and why it is so good and memorable to people because it feels authentic everyone's dead the young christian cries into jeevan's arms and he says not everyone david seems concerned his quote-unquote son is so taken with her as well after the play Dieter and the rest strike up a musical festival sarah is approached by an emissary with an invitation to perform at the museum of civilization on midsummer it being the first time the civilization hath revealed itself first time that they've made an invitation as well which makes him giddy i know this actor from somewhere but i can't recall where this museum's purpose is uh, the values of human culture and the past sarah said fuck the past we don't leave the wheel that really hurt my feelings before he could you know digest being so similarly dismissed that one chick gonna hug him sorry bro he looked like this the best experience he ever had her friend gives birth kristen's friend and she admits while holding her baby she was selfish but she knows losing people her friend is harder for her than most but she doesn't want her daughter to have that type of trauma and that they will have each other and it is only for a year she will come back alex is still smitten and sings a dirge but not just for rose but for all of them Dieter gets an invitation to do more than just snuggle she said who's in your tent nowadays no one mm. <laughs> it was like really young Kristen in a flashback no longer wants to sleep in the spare bedroom but in the closet which is okay with frank who sits down next to her and she shows him the graphic novel which he begins to read something horrible clearly popped off at this apartment and i love it juxtaposed with david flicking his lighter ominously She joins him because she immediately knows he's a problem fully aware he's been telling nothing but lies since he stepped onto the scene he claps back that she's charged with that day zero pain he tells her that they just need to travel with them for a few days but she says no he tells her her friends will then disappear so she guts him she asks where he heard the line and he says the prophecy quoting the graphic novel but she supposedly had the only copy we heard in the flashback 
she doesn't wake alone the next morning i love that she straight murdered this man or she left him to die and got some pussy <laughs> like my respect went uh 10 times higher for her and it was already on a pretty upward street and david is saved with his quote-unquote son wheelchairing him home so i have a feeling that he's going to somehow come through on his threat and that's going to be a problem my voice just went out for a second <laughs> it's going to be a problem for Kristen and her group whom i truly adore and love already so i'm gonna be pissed if anything happens to any of them he definitely has a creepy vibe about him as if he started a cult somewhere where's home that's always some fucked up place isn't it i'm thinking about utopia damn it i'm so mad we don't get a second season of utopia once again if you want to send feedback for the next episode blackrockcouch at gmail.com i think we'll be starting three episodes starting next week so we'll be uh moving along a little bit more quickly now that we've wrapped up midnight mass you can also leave a comment below my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic <laughs>